The following content is rated explicit for language in adult situations. So listen with headphones. Or don't. We don't judge. Have you ever wished that your world had more magic? Or that your favorite character had survived? How about a full-length spinoff of your favorite childhood series? But do we have a podcast for you? Hello, everyone. I'm Claire. And I'm Kat. And this is Fire Whiskey and Honey, the podcast about your favorite novel-length Potter fan fiction. The Dead of Time. Each episode, we read a chapter of this story. Which I try to remember from week to week. Try being the operative word. Without further ado, here's our recap of last week's chapter of The Dead of Time. Also, I just need to take a moment to talk about the fact that my husband is watching Songland without me in the room. He's still watching it. I left, and he's still watching. Good for him. It's a good I'm show. I'm so excited. It is a good show. I'm just excited he got into it. Also, we are live-ish. Ish. You all are going to be watching this at a different time. But... This is our first ever live recorded Fire Whiskey and Honey episode. Oh boy. Oh boy. Also, notice my beautiful box. This is my recording box. Pop filter. So hopefully this will filter out what little of Songland you can hear. But today is a very important day, Kat. Today, the day your daughter's wedding. No, although that is a great movie. <laughs> what is today? Tuesday. Monday. Tuesday. Tuesday. God. Days don't matter because this is going to air on a Friday. What episode is this? 32. Which is? Um, our season two finale. There we are. Season two finale, season two finale. <laughs> yes, this is what all of our recording sessions look like. Okay, I didn't know what you were going for because it says March 27th, 1974. So I was like, oh. Hot damn. Okay, I what forgot. is she trying to say here? <laughs> I also forgot this chapter takes place on my birthday. In 1974. Amazing. In 1974. <sighs> you excited? I'm excited. Are you excited? I'm excited. Are you excited? For some reason, I put on earrings, but then I was like, I'm wearing headphones. (laughs) I also almost put on deodorant, then I was like, you guys can't smell me, so that's fine. I put on perfume because I wanted to be in the mood, so I put on my favorite, well, one of my favorites, which is cream tea, again, by Sucre Bay, 
which is my favorite perfumery of all time. So I smell like a little bit of like tea with milk and scones yeah, with raspberry jam. You sent that to me. That's the that's like the first one I tried, and so far the only one I like. That's what I'm here for. Oh, I thought you liked Afterglow, the chocolate one. I don't love it, but I don't hate it. But the cream tea is definitely my favorite. I tried the strawberry milkshake the other day, and that wasn't that yeah. good. Everything makes us weird on skin chemistry, but we've burned enough time. Cat, what happened was... Oh, my God. <sighs> what happened was... Okay, so this was the one after the Bogart thing, mm -hmm. and then Maya. Yes. <laughs> yes, I have to close my eyes and say that because I have to focus. Was upset about that, and they were trying to calm her down, and then I want to say there was something about Hogsmeade. Yes. Which I kind of don't really remember. And then some girl showed up that apparently all of our listeners were like, yeah, this bitch. And I was like, okay, um, that's cool. And then at the very end, Maya and <laughs> Sirius had a moment. I think. Let me double check. I'm going to skim through. So. Chapter 31 does start, in fact, after the Bogart, where everybody kind of doesn't talk about it. But um, she's kind of in, like, a bummed-out mood for, like, a month. And then um, she kind of finds the she finds the boys working on the Marauder's Map, which is super exciting. Um, and Remus told her that they were working on a map. And they're like, oh, Remus, you're the worst secret keeper ever. And she's like, no, he's not. He's the best. You should always use him. He can keep secrets, unlike some people. And, like, glares at Peter. And Peter's like, what the fuck did I do? Um, and then they are going to Hogsmeade. And Sirius is like, all right, guys, we have to go to Hogsmeade. We have to go to Zonko's. We have to do this. And then some a fourth year, so their third year, a fourth year Ravenclaw named Marlene McKinnon walks over and is all serious would you like to go to hogsmeade with me and he was like hot damn yes i do and so he went to hogsmeade with her and maya was all pissy and moany and as a result when regulus and snape came over to kind of like give them shit because everybody knows that maya likes serious when serious or snape and regulus came over and were like talking smack with the annoying little Bertie crouch jr uh maya punches snape in the face and ends up serving a whole lot of detention and she did it because regulus was being an asshole and he didn't stick up for lily um and so she ends up spending the whole day in detention and then when uh, Sirius gets back from Hogsmeade, way past curfew, Remus is like, yo, what the fuck, bro? And he was like, what the fuck, bro? I was getting my brain snogged out. And he's like, yeah, cool. Except Maya has a thing for you, you dumbass. And she didn't get to go to Hogsmeade because she punched out Snape. And Sirius is like, wow, that's amazing. And he's like, yeah, but you treated Maya like shit, you piece of shit. And if you don't start treating her better, someone else is going to. Wink, wink, hint, hint. 
And so um, Sirius is like, oh shit, my bad. And then um, he remembers the whole our job thing where they're supposed to be taking care of Maya. And so when Maya gets home that night, he goes into the common room and like curls up in her lap and takes care of her or rather he sticks his head in her lap so that she'll pet him which makes him feel better which also makes her feel better so like you know oh actually no I lied it wasn't in the common room it was in their bedroom because she had gone to um see Jamie and then when Jamie wasn't awake she went to see Remus and Remus was sleeping and then she woke Sirius up that's not important What's important is they cuddled up together and she was like, how was your date? And he was like, it was terrible. I should have hung out with you guys. Because he realizes he McFucked up. Just like all little boys and big boys do. Fact. So. Are you ready to start on the season two finale? Yes. Chapter 32 gasping march 27th 1974 hold up it's not bubbly it's wine i can't believe it's not butter okay you don't have to sip it that long Podcasting with alcohol is fun, kids. March 27th, 1974. Sirius did not take another girl to Hogsmeade for the rest of the year. He also did not take Maya. Despite not dating another girl after Marlene McKinnon, the fact that Sirius had gone to Hogsmeade with a girl, only to ignore her the next morning, had earned him a reputation. Regardless of the fact that he spent his nights in the Gryffindor common room playing wizard's chess and exploding snap with James, rumors began to circulate about uh, circulate the school about the young playboy who was often seen snogging behind tapestries, in empty classrooms, and even, apparently, in Professor McGonagall's office. It annoyed Maya more than it did Sirius, and she began to really understand why the older Sirius did not have much concern when it came to being in the Daily Prophet so often. His infamous reputation had been filling the gossip mill since he was only 14 years old. While the year started out stressfully, by the time spring rolled around, the marauders and Maya were back to normal. She had taken to reading Remus's letter again before bed every night and sometimes in the morning. It was necessary to remind herself over and over of her number one rule. Live your life, enjoy your life. And so she did. Once, during the middle of March, to celebrate James, and, technically her, 14th birthday, Maya slipped into the laundry room of the castle late the night before and grinned when she spotted a fresh stack of newly laundered Slytherin robes. She was suddenly very grateful for the sewing charms that Molly Weasley had taught her years earlier. The morning of James and Maya's birthday, after opening the gifts that the owls flew in from their parents, as well as the few treats that were given to them from their friends, Maya smiled deviously up at her brother. I have a birthday gift for you. Does everyone know how to do a heating charm? She asked. And can you keep it subtle? Did you do something bad, kitten? Sirius asked with a grin. Maya only smiled innocently in response. He barked a laugh and grabbed his wand, motioning the others to do the same. Oh, this should be good. 
Now, everyone aim your wand to the Slytherin table and use a heating charm. Not hot enough to burn or scald, but uncomfortably hot, Maya emphasized. As one, the Gryffindors swished their wands and uttered the incantation, putting focus on the green and silver table at the other end of the Great Hall. At first, nothing happened, and Sirius looked disappointed. They kept on with the incantation, and suddenly there was a quiet pop, followed by several more pop. Maya snickered as she watched Snape look up from his breakfast and cast a glance around the table. Amicus Caro followed suit. Pop! The older Slytherins were looking around, trying to find the source of the noise. Pop, pop, pop! What's happening? James asked with a grin. Maya beamed. Just watch. Pop, pop, pop! One by one, the Slytherins stood from their seats, confused and shouting. Pop! Some were struggling with their robes. Pop! Trying to get them off as quickly as possible. All of a sudden, freshly popped popcorn kernels began shooting out of the lining of the Slytherin robes, overflowing their pockets and collars, covering their table and blanketing the floor. Sirius smiled in approval. Very clever, kitten. Not quite the most awful thing you could have done to them, but entertaining to say the least. What do we give her, boys? He asked, looking around the table. Exceeds expectations, Remus said politely with a smirk on his face. I have to agree with Professor Lupin, James laughed, and Maya stifled a chuckle at the moniker. I'm only seeing acceptable myself, Sirius admitted with a frown. You need to learn how to get a little dirty with your pranks. Maya smiled sweetly at him. Do you know how long it took for me to sew popcorn kernels into the lining of each and every Slytherin robe? She asked with fiend superiority. You need to learn patience. That's Would like you have to do the honors? putting the popcorn and the cranberries on the thing and just, oh, Jesus. Kat, would you like to do the honors of this next line? Whee! A joyous yell echoed from just outside the Great Hall as Peeves the poltergeist flew through the open doors, a large bucket in his hands. Sticky, slippery snakes, he chanted, hovering over the Slytherin table, where he tipped the bucket he carried, drenching each and every popcorn-encased Slytherin in liters of melted butter. Maya's notional grades were immediately changed to outstandings across the board. The boys spent the better part of a month trying to figure out how she had been able to get Peeves to help her out, but Maya kept her lips sealed. Peeves was a wild card that would ultimately be dangerous in the hands of the Marauders. That is... So good, but so bad. I would be like, <laughs> how do I get this off? Where is the dawn spell? The dawn spell. Well, if it gets oil off of animals, it should get butter out my hair. Uh, fun fact. Why is Ajax soap called Ajax? I don't know. Ajax is the name of an ancient warrior who defeated Greece. Oh, okay. It's a pun. Also, the popcorn thing, I'm having flashback to the Amanda show where they had that, like, skit with the popcorn (laughs) (sighs) I don't know why, but now all I can think of is, can I have your number? Can I have your number? Can I have your number? Do you not remember that the guy, and he, like, jumps over the seat... No. 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 <sighs> That'll have to go on the Facebook page later. 
At least I don't right now. I mean, it's been a really long time, but... Yeah, you recognize See, it. You this it. is why Nickelodeon needs to step up and be like Disney and come out with a streaming service. Thank you. I need Rugrats in Paris. And Rugrats Gone Wild, was it? With the I need the Wild Thornberries back, is what I need. Oh, yeah. Because I straight up went from being What's Her Nuts to being Donna. Debbie. What's Her Nuts? Debbie. Eliza. I used to want to be Eliza, and now I'm most definitely Debbie. On occasion, I'm Donnie. Yeah. Wasn't that voiced by, like, the drummer from Red Hot Chili Peppers? I don't know. Pretty sure it was. Flea or something like that. Tick? Fly? Some kind of insect? Something. Anyway. June 20th. Anyway, the dead of time. I hope y'all are enjoying our new designs because we love them. Also, my sister-in-law got one of our t-shirts for Mother's Day. My brother-in-law got it for her, so now I love them even more. No, I'm wearing old design. Hell yeah. The original. It's the logo. It's the logo. Yeah, Yeah, which is still for sale and still super cute. Um, I'm just wearing a Hogwarts shirt. Mainly because dead see, of time is I wore this laundry. because the last time when we did it with everybody, you yelled at me for not wearing my shirt because it was in the thinking laundry. Mine did the laundry this time because I almost wore my new Hufflepuff quitted shirt that I'm obsessed with, but no, I chose to wear our logo shirt because you yelled at me. Love you, mean it. Yeah, yeah. Gonna love me even more once I get your latest crab birthday present, but that's a different story. Damn it. <laughs> oh, I kept that one internal and I shouldn't have. Anyway, dead of time. June 20th, 1974. Maya, wake up. Mm-hmm. Maya mumbled into her pillow. There were only a few days left of school and she was already looking forward to sleeping in her large bed back home. Exams were over, and she had performed outstandingly, third in her year, just behind Lillian Remus, tied with Severus Snape, of all people. Maya, of course, knew that she could easily top them all, having already taken and excelled in all of the classes the first time around, but she also knew that Lillian Remus were being looked at for future prefects, and the upcoming year would make all of the difference for her friends. She had been a prefect before, and something told her that doing so again would make it difficult to completely embrace Remus's instructions, her guide, and her rules. Live your life. Enjoy your life. So, instead of worrying about exams or future prefect badges, Maya dreamt about the orchard behind Potter Manor, where she had planned a summer of reading and watching her boys play Quidditch, lazy mornings in the family library, afternoons with her mother in the garden, and maybe a repeat of last summer's gathering of friends at the river. Maya, wake up. One of her eyes cracked open and she groaned. Serious? Gray eyes sparkled down at her. Wake up, kitten. Maya bolted upright in bed, gasping as she gathered her sheets around her body, as though he had never seen her in a nightdress before. Serious? How did you get up the stairs? Ooh, that didn't sound like Maya at all, but whatever. Sirius chuckled at the action, clearly thinking the same thing. She had slept in his bed once for crying out loud. Though, when they had awakened the following morning, there was an awkward tension in the air, 
From that point on, when Maya had nightmares, she went straight to her brother. You're kind of sexy when you're embarrassed. Serious? The stairs. How did you get up the stairs? She snapped. They're charmed so boys can't climb them. You're adorable when you underestimate me. Maya glared up at him, trying her darndest to not let him see that she was, in fact, impressed that he had somehow figured out how to get around such an old charm. Now get up. You and I have a wedding to get to. A wedding? Maya groaned and fell back onto her bed, pulling her blanket over her face. A wedding, Sirius confirmed, yanking the blanket back down and smiling at her. Are you proposing? Because it's been a few years since you've done that. I still maintain that buying me a cauldron cake is worthy of my eternal love. Same here. <laughs> Same. Except they changed them. I, I liked the originals. Oh, the fire just... I hate the fire. No, they were fudgy. They were supposed to be fudgy. I know. I mean, don't get me wrong. They're pretty, but the original ones were the best. Ugh. Yeah, and I also feel like since they added the fire, it looks like it's bigger, but it's not, so then they charge more for it. Reach. <sighs> she remembered their first trip on the Hogwarts Express and how she showered them all with treats from the trolley. James graciously gave, them, gave her the title of best sister ever. Remus and Peter thanked her for her generosity. An 11-year-old Sirius implied that chocolate gifts were a traditional form of dowry and then begged her to be his wife. Maya yawned, pushing him away from her face. Well, you can earn my eternal love if you just let me go back to sleep. No, I have a wedding to go to and you're coming with me. You want me to be your date to a wedding? Sirius laughed, stepping back and running a hand through his hair. She wondered if that was a tell. She had never been able to figure out exactly when Sirius was trying to hide something. If it is a date, then I am officially worthy of all the shitty rumors going around this year. No, this is certainly not a date, he said, grabbing her hand and pulling her up into a sitting position. He tugged on her legs, moving them off the side of the bed as she continued to glare at him. I just have to go to this wedding, and, well, I'd rather have you there than one of the guys. Maya blushed as she remembered dancing at Bill and Floor's wedding with an older Sirius. Did you just fart? Thank God that was loud. Sorry. That was my husband. He sneezed. He didn't fart. Although... I can't... I couldn't hear that. I thought it sounded like he was, like, yelling at the TV or something. No. No. And I feel like you guys aren't going to be able to hear it, so you're going to have no idea why I just yelled at my husband and in your ear, but what ifs? Maya blushed. Maya blushed as she remembered dancing at Bill and Flora's wedding with an older Sirius. He had told her that he hated weddings because he had been forced to go to so many as a child. Most of the weddings were for cousins, aunts, and uncles of mine, all destined to marry one another. Or married off to the worst types of people to ever exist, like the Malfoys and the Lestranges. She gasped at the memory. Are you talking about Narcissa's wedding? Yes. She held her heart still in her chest and tried to blink away the images of a cold drawing room. Why? Why what? Why is she freaking out about a drawing room for Narcissa's wedding? 
My hamster has died. Who does Narcissa marry? Who is her son? Oh, okay. For some reason, I never remember that that is Malfoy's mom. For some reason, I always think that she's the sister, but she's not. I don't know why I do that. Which then translates to why is she concerned about her drawing room? If she's marrying Malfoy, where is she getting married? In the drawing room. Of? Of what? Malfoy Manor? I don't know. Why would Hermione not want to go to Malfoy Manor? Because that's where she got the thing in her arm. She was tortured in their drawing room. Oh. So, going to a wedding at Malfoy Manor. Serious. I I can't go. Why not? It'll be a laugh. Oh, can you say something? No. Sorry, guys. I'm yawning. I'm sleepy. Rude as hell. Hey, I worked out today for the first time in like two weeks, and I got adjusted, so my body's a little bit sore. So if I keep moving around, like, I'm sorry, but like... Because I can't move my legs because then my bedspread moves and then Hannah gets mad because it sounds like beans. <laughs> oh, my bop- back just popped. I almost said my bop just packed. but I like pop. that better. Bok pap. Yeah. Pap smear. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> yes. Oh, also, fun fact, I had yet another therapist tell me I should probably get tested for ADHD, so that explains a lot, doesn't it, people? Yes, yes, it does. Anyway. Squirrel! Squirrel! Anyway, dead of time. Serious, I I can't go. Why not? It'll be a laugh. By the way, how are your roommates still asleep? I expected to have three girls screaming at me by now. Or asking me to stay, he said with a wink. <laughs> so full of himself. <sighs> he he's like the guy that it just like stands there with nothing on, with his hands like this, and just be like, hey. Like the view. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I put a silencing charm around my bed before I go to sleep. She curtly replied. Where's the wedding at, Sirius? Silence and charm. Were you expecting me? Sirius, the wedding. Location? He rolled his eyes dramatically. Malfoy's place. Big manor that's as ugly and as cold. I can't go, she stressed quickly, forcing the memories of the Cruciatus curse out of her mind. The place where she had been tortured, where her friends had been imprisoned, where Sirius had almost died. Again. And I don't want you to go there. He frowned, his brow furrowed. I don't want to go either, but I have to. Why? Because Narcissa wasn't always like this, he admitted sadly, running a hand through his hair. She's my cousin, and I feel like if it was me trapped in a situation like that, I'd really want someone to show show up at the last possible second and offer me a way out. Maya frowned at his earnest expression. She won't take it. I'm sorry, Sirius, but she won't. 
He shrugged his shoulders, undeterred. Probably. In which case, you and I will drink the Malfoy's good fire whiskey and champagne and then plant dung bombs inside the wedding cake. That's disgusting. <laughs> like, that is really gross. Do you remember that time somebody planted dung bomb or not dung bombs, stink bombs all over our middle school? I think they threw one in, like, an empty aquarium, and they couldn't figure out where it was coming from. It was so bad. I know. It's so disgusting. But I've also been watching Absurd Planet on Netflix, so I just, like, learned about this bug that eats poop. So it's, like, giving me flashbacks to them showing me this bug eating poop. Nope. Don't like that. No, but it's funny. Like, did you know that there is a bird called a tit bird? Yes. And there are Mexican tits and African tit birds, and then there's a subspecies called big tits. <laughs> it's up there with the blue-footed booby. Yeah, and there's also a, I think it's a type of antelope, I think they said, but it's called a dick-dick. <gasps> yes, I love the dick-dick. Yeah, because their nose looks, yeah. <laughs> like a dick-dick. Yeah. Yeah. And they make that, like, wheezing sound. Yeah. <sighs> the more you know, kids, the more you know. Anyway. Rainbow and star. <laughs> <laughs> this has been a commercial brought to you by NBC. Dong, dong, dong. Shit, which one of us was right? Dong, dong, dong. You were. Whatever. Damn it, we have to pay for that. Also, I keep hitting my phone on, like, my monitor and my box, and I'm kicking things. I'm a mess. Hannah Beth, we're sorry. Um, anyway, so he my... He shrugged his shoulders. He did shrug his shoulders. I think. Yes, no, yes, you, you already right. read that. That might almost be worth it. There we go. Yes, uh, drinking the Malfoy's fire whiskey and champagne. I almost said fire whiskey and honey. <laughs> that might almost be worth it. Maya genuinely laughed. It was terrifying to think of returning to Malfoy Manor. She did not want to go, but Sirius was determined to leave, and the thought of him letting him go himself, by himself, made her blood run cold. He beamed excitedly. It's settled, then. Get up and get out your good dress robes. Wait, how are we getting there? Sirius pulled from his robes a silver envelope with a beautiful black script written across the front of it and the Malfoy family crest in the corner. Invitations are set up as port keys. Maya eyed the envelope. Sirius, that invitation is addressed to Regulus Black. <laughs> Going through somebody's mail. <sighs> That's illegal! Yeah. Is it? Sirius feigned innocence as he turned and examined the invitation. Huh, I guess it is. I'm going to be sick, Maya said, as she slowly stood up after landing outside of Malfoy Manor. She hated portkey travel. She scanned the ground as they made their way up the long path leading to the intimidating home, James's invisibility cloak thrown over them. Glancing around, she didn't know why she was shocked that it was still dark. Why are we here so early? It's the summer solstice. Maya stared at him. And? And a new moon. The two made their way inside the manor, sneaking in behind a large family. 
The invitation tucked inside Sirius's robes granted them access through the security wards. And... And what? he asked, looking at her strangely until his cheeks turned a bit pink and he winced. Sorry, I guess I forgot that your parents don't observe most pure-blood traditions. Today is the summer solstice, and it also falls on a new moon, which calls for a wedding at sunrise. The summer solstice represents fire and cleansing. The new moon is a time to plant seeds for the future, and sunrise speaks of birth. Ugh. Maya made a face. You have pure blood mouth. That's hilarious. Yes, let's have the Malfoys get married on the summer solstice and cleanse. Yes, okay. No, it's the fire and cleansing, which I guess means like new beginnings, and then time to plant seeds for the future and birth. So all I'm thinking is fertility day, but I do like you have pure blood now. Yeah, I swear if anybody I know that I have to go to their wedding gets married at sunrise, I'm going to be like, nope, sorry. Mm -mm. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I'll send you a card. I will be there there for the lunch reception, but that's about it. Yeah, that's why I couldn't go to British weddings. They all do, like, breakfasts. They do, like, early morning weddings with, like, a wedding breakfast. And I'm like, no. No. Yeah, I mean, technically, for yours, I didn't get a ounce of sleep that night so i probably could have gotten up and been like okay guys it's 6 30 a.m let's do this thing that's what cracked me up i thought i was gonna have to wake all y'all up and everybody was up before seven and i was like i was in a room with brianna the person who's supposed to be tired all the time but has all of her energy at night i was like oh my god i'm going to kill you (sighs) it's fine we still love her though, right? Yeah, especially since she just bought my Christmas present today. That's early. I know. But TJ Maxx opened up today, so all the white ladies had to run, as Abby says. <laughs> uh, corrects me up. And also because Ross isn't open yet, so everybody has to go to TJ Maxx. Straight up. Straight up. Dead <clears throat> of time. Ugh, Maya made a face. You have pure blood mouth. What's that face? That's what happens when you have pure blood mouth. (laughs) Um, Sirius barked out a laugh and then immediately quieted himself when a few guests turned to try and find the source of the noise. Sorry, should I have thrown a few fucks and shits in there to muggle it up for you? Maya rolled her eyes. You're so crude. You love it. Her cheeks felt like they were suddenly on fire. She would never verbally admit to enjoying Sirius's crass language, language that had rubbed off on her when she was good and furious, usually at his expense. So you're saying they've chosen this day specifically? Is that why they pulled Narcissa out of school a few days before graduation? To get married? Looks like the Malfoys and the Blacks think that this marriage will be the beginning of something big, he said sarcastically, as they observed the gathered crowd. Most were older wizarding families, Wizengamot members, ministry officials, and the highest of pure-blood society. Maya recognized 
recognized it, 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 it. Sirius's parents in the corner, arguing, and quickly tugged on his sleeve to pull him in the opposite direction. What's a wizened gamut mean? So the wizened gamut is the kind of like parliament, I guess, or like Congress. So usually it's determined by like the sacred 28 each have their own seat. Um, and then they're the ones who like when Harry had to get go on trial for um, the Dementor thing. Oh, I was just about to say that. Is that the people that were sitting in the? Th- yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The ones who voted. Yeah. yeah. That's the wizard gamut. Okay. Got it. Looks like the Malfoys and the Blacks think this marriage is the beginning of something big, he said sarcastically as they observed the gathered crowd. Yada, 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 yada. Maya recognized yada, yada, yada. The union of the Malfoys and the Blacks is something big, Maya acknowledged. It'll create awful power. They plan on cleansing away inferior blood with fire and using Lucius and Narcissa to birth and then lead a perfect pure blood world, she yeah. grimaced. Stepford. (laughs) Speaking of which, my new neighborhood feels a little bit Stepfordy. There is not a single tree anywhere. No trees. Pleasantville. It is. It's so freaky, but it's like nice, but no trees at all. She grimaced as she remembered hearing such awful pure-blood propaganda in her other time, how Lucius Malfoy had used his own family to further himself with Voldemort, and how Draco had been branded a Death Eater because of it. Maya grinned as she recalled Draco's defection. It won't work. Damn right it won't. I'm going to stop the bloody wedding. Serious, that's not what I meant, Maya frowned as they ascended a large staircase. She paused as she thought about the fact that they had passed the drawing room and she had not even noticed it. How had that happened? It was the object of her nightmares, and she had just walked through as if it were nothing. Here, Sirius whispered, breaking her concentration. Stand to the cloak while I go in. Before Maya could stop him, Sirius stepped out from under the invisibility cloak and slipped through an open doorway. Frowning, Maya followed, keeping the cloak tight around her as she watched. Sissa, Sirius said as he walked into the bridal room. The young witch sat at a large vanity, her beautiful blonde hair plaited back with soft curls framing her face. The blue ribbon tied around her elegant white dress matched her eyes perfectly. She was a vision, save for the missing smile a bride should normally be wearing. Narcissa gasped at the sight of Sirius. What are you doing here? You weren't even invited. She stood and ran to the door, peeking out to make sure no one had followed him. Maya ducked her head to avoid taking an elbow to the face. About that, Sirius pulled the silver envelope from his robes with a grin. I wouldn't expect to see Regulus today. He sends his apologies, but the lad's lost his invitation. (laughs) He's totally that guy that, like, lives in California and goes to, like, one of those, like, parties that he's not supposed to go to because there's a list, and he gets to the door, and he's like, my name's right there, and then the guy goes... Oh, you're Dr. So-and-so? He goes, yes, I am Dr. So-and-so. <sighs> exactly. You have to leave, Narcissa insisted, looking to be in no mood for his games. 
Her voice was bitter and cold, but there was an edge of panic to it as she said, Leave now. Sirius shook his head. Not without you. Are you out of your stupid little mind, cousin? She snapped at him like a viper, quick and sharp. This is my wedding day. It doesn't have to be. Sirius dropped his casual attitude. You can run. Go be like Andromeda. Find somebody who actually loves you and won't treat you like a house elf or a broodmare. I do not want to be like Andromeda, Narcissa said, tears trembling in her eyes. She's free. Free from all of the pureblood supremacy shit. She was tortured by her own sister, Narcissa argued, picking the sides of her dress up in clenched fists as she began to pace back and forth in the room. At my engagement party, and you, a 14-year-old boy, were the only one to try and stop it, Sirius. I am not Andromeda. I don't have the ability to walk away from this. My choice has already been made. Made for you. Yes, made for me, she agreed, as yours will be for you. Andromeda ruined both of us by running off with that mudblood, she spat her eyes turning cold and distant. Don't call him that. You never called them that before. It's what they are. Her blue eyes narrowed at him. They are mudbloods, and you are a blood traitor. And the blood traitor's right, Sirius yelled and stepped forward, meeting her eye to eye. He reached for her arm to keep her from walking away from him. Sissa, don't think I don't know what Lucius is up to. I overheard my parents talking to Abraxas last Easter. I know who they're following and what they're wanting to do. Don't, Narcissa begged, her stony resolve cracking. Sissa, please. You're marrying a fucking Death Eater, he yelled, and she fell to the floor, covering her face as she sobbed. He silently stroked her hair, trying to offer her comfort in the only way he knew how. After a full minute, Narcissa finally spoke. You're going to be one, too. Sirius jumped back from her, as if she were infected. Like hell! You're too young, Narcissa said quietly as she stood, reaching for the nearby dresser for a handkerchief to wipe her eyes. That's the only reason they haven't done it to you yet. Don't you see, cousin? She turned to him to look at him sadly. This is our life. Obey or die. Oh god, worst time to ever have a nose itch. <laughs> Like you almost did? He imperiused you, didn't he? Narcissa didn't deny it. She just stood there, her eyes blank of all emotion. Didn't he? I wasn't listening like a good wife, she conceded. I told you, obey or die. I saved you, and for what? You shouldn't have, Narcissa said with a sigh. I would have been better off as some grave memorial plaque on the back of a Quidditch stand at Hogwarts. As it is, I'm the future Lady Malfoy. Sirius blanched at the words. And you're the black heir. You need to forget about me and start worrying about yourself, Sirius. At the sound of footsteps, Maya scooted into the room, pulling the cloak off to reveal herself. Oh my god, it's so itchy. <laughs> Sirius, someone's coming. Narcissa's eyes widened in horror. You brought a potter to my wedding? Salazar, Sirius, are you not planning on surviving the year? She shook her head and moved behind her young cousin, shoving at his back. Get out, both of you. Sissa, come with me, Sirius said with one last plea. Get out. What do you think? I think she needs to listen to the kid, but clearly we know she is not. 
Mm-hmm. And it's like, yes, she does have a point that there are rules in their society. But she needs to be like Andromeda and GTFO society. Preach. Your life becomes infinitely better the day you realize that the only rules you have to obey are your own. Preach amen. Can I get a hallelujah? Hallelujah. What does that smell? I'm drinking wine, but... I can't smell you. Smell a vision. Yeah, that, thank God that doesn't exist. Oh my God, my nose is so itchy. Fucking allergy season. Anyway, did a time. An hour later, Sirius and Maya stood back the gardens outside Malfoy Manor, beside the hired servants and house elves. Sirius had used the invisibility cloak to find Abraxas's stash of fire whiskey and had drained nearly half a bottle already. They remained quiet and unobserved, looking oddly in place with the commoners who watched from the back of the gathered crowd. At the front of the garden, Cygnus Black placed Narcissa's hand into Lucius's, and the presiding wizard tied their hands together with two cords, one black, the other silver, to represent each house in the marriage. General introductions were made where the presiding wizard spoke of duty and honor, but never of love. Sirius continued to drink, and Maya eventually took the bottle away from him, swallowing a large gulp herself before passing it off to a server beside her. Narcissus of House Black, the presiding wizard intoned, turn to your new lord husband and make your vow. I, Narcissa of House Black, give to you, Lucius, of the House of Malfoy, my virtue and my voice, my body and my obedience. God, what is he, Ursula? Shut up. Sirius winced at the words, and Maya took his hand in a gesture of comfort. Oh, I thought you were making fun of my voice, but yes, no, this is very similar to Ursula. To take your name as my own and uphold it with honor and purity, I pledge to you my firstborn son, your heir, who will carry on your legacy and the legacy of your fathers. I... Narcissa hesitated for a moment, and Sirius stood at attention, waiting eagerly. I willingly bind myself to you until death separates us and swear this vow upon my magic. Susipium illud vinculum, she chanted, and the black cord around her wrist glowed before turning silver to match the other. Sirius deflated, and Maya held his hand tighter. She waited for Lucius to make his vows to his new wife, but when none came, her brows knit together in confusion, especially when the presiding wizard said, I now declare you bonded for life. That's a face. That's sad. Right? Like, can you fucking imagine? No, I can't. Like, yes, have you come to the agreement of how many goats I'm worth? Like, Jesus. Straight up. I mean, in this case, it'd probably be narcos, but yeah. Whatever, I'm just saying, if, like, we lived in that time, I would be in trouble. I would be like, no. <laughs> I'm worth 15 cows and a pig, goddammit. Yeah, and a chicken. <laughs> Three chickens. Because in this situation, I'm gonna be the eggs, not the ham. <laughs> you gotta be the eggs, not the ham. Yeah. Well, no, the ham's fully committed. Right. 
But so you don't because so you I don't want eggs. to commit myself to Lucius You're Malfoy. The I the eggs. You're not the ham. So for those of you who aren't tracking, this was an egg Grey's Anatomy episode, and eggs and ham are the parts of your breakfast that contribute. So the egg doesn't have to do anything. The chicken is still alive. It just contributes the egg. So the egg is involved but not fully committed. In order to get the ham, the pig has to die. So the pig is fully committed to your breakfast. So are you fully committed or are you just giving off your extra? Are you ham or are you eggs? Yep. In this situation, be eggs. In modern marriages that are healthy and loving and well put together, always be ham. You know, it's really too bad that Jimmy doesn't understand these references, because I would have put that in my vows. I'd be like, I'm ham! (laughs) After years of being an egg, I am officially ham. And everybody's going, huh? And you're going, oh my god, yes! And nobody else understands why you're sobbing uncontrollably. And here is the pig from Toy Story as your... I played the pig from Toy Story in my dance recital. Yes, I know. I was there. I was the barrel of monkeys. Yeah, I think I got picked to be the pig because I was the skinniest one and they didn't want to offend anybody. Because, like, I was offended. I'm like, why am I the pig? I want to be a pig. Uh... My husband's on a fucking conference call right now. I'm going to murder his ass. Not really. Police. And I... And I... CIA, NSA, all of you. I didn't mean that. That's a joke. I wouldn't actually. But like. Anyway, date of time. They're not listening. There was polite applause and the guests all stood. There was polite applause. It's Nicole Kidman clap. What the heck is this? (laughs) Well, originally it was a golf clap, but that wasn't loud enough, so I added three fingers, and then I just... Okay. Don't ask. She added three fingers. This too wasn't enough. (laughs) That's what he said. (laughs) And then I just added all. You know what? That works both ways. That's what he said, and that's what she said. It works both ways. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) This podcast is rated explicit. (laughs) For language and adult situations. I cry. Why did I put on eyeshadow? Why did I put on eyeliner? I don't know. Jesus. Anyway, dead of time. Uh, there was polite applause, and the guests, guests all stood at once to form a line and make their congratulations. Servants surrounding Sirius and Maya went to work, carrying around silver platters stacked with flutes of champagne and small tumblers of fire whiskey. I think I'm going to be sick, Maya muttered, shocked by what she'd just witnessed. He didn't vow anything to her he's supposed to say something let's go maya suddenly crushing the party doesn't seem so fun after watching my cousin willingly enslave herself sirius tugged on her hand to leave but she stood firm as though she were still waiting for the ceremony to continue for someone to shout stop we forgot something but no one did i've seen a wizard marriage before she thought of bill and floor 
who had been bonded with love and devotion, each making beautiful vows toward each other. That wasn't normal, Sirius asked. No, that was an old bonding ceremony. Narcissa just tied her magic to Malfoy for life, and it wasn't even a proper marriage bond. It sounded more like what... He hesitated and had a bitter expression felt and a bitter expression fell over his beautiful features. Like what happens when we get a new house elf. Maya grimaced. There are different types of bonds? What? Sirius looked down at her with raised brow. Of course there Well, 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 what do we have here? Maya froze on the spot, her eyes wide and frightened at the sight in front of her. She gripped Sirius's hand like it was her lifeline and silently began wishing that she was back in 1998, the day after her 19th birthday, where she and Sirius were safe and alive. Sirius glared ahead at the young woman that stood before them. Bella. The woman looked much the same as Maya recalled, though younger. Her black hair was thick and shiny, just missing the streaks of gray. She showed the sharp, angular features that appeared to be a black family trait, and her hooded eyes were identical to what Maya remembered of an older Andromeda. Sirius narrowed his eyes. I'd say it's good to see you, but since your very appearance makes me want to scourgeify my eyeballs, you are pushing your cluck, little cousin. Bellatrix sneered at him. You dare come here. Step foot inside this house after everything you have already done. <laughs> Maya wrapped her arms around Sirius's bicep, clinging to him tightly as the word crucio echoed in her mind. And you've brought a potter as your date? Bella's stare fell on Maya, and she scowled at her with a look of hate that did not exactly rival the one, er, yeah, that did not exactly rival the one an older Bellatrix gave to a young Hermione Granger before setting the Cruciatus curse on her. It's tradition, don't you know? Sirius smirked defiantly, apparently unafraid of the, of the woman who he had witnessed torture her own sister. The official bride bonding with blood traitors. It'll bring the happy couple wonderful luck for their marriage. Lots of blessings, many sons, blah, 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 blah. Sirius took another step forward. You are nothing but an insolent little blemish on an otherwise perfect, noble house. Maya looked at Sirius's determined face and then turned to stare at Bellatrix. She remembered seeing an older Bellatrix with a bound black dog hovering behind her, cackling with glee. What's that face? Um, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure you said Sirius took another step forward when it really says Bellatrix. I'm not sure, but I think you might have, so. I probably did. Bellatrix took another step forward. So, you're probably gonna guess them. I'm, like... I'm getting too into this story and I'm flipping up words. I can fucking feel it. But Bellatrix took another step forward and said, you're nothing but an insolent little blemish on an otherwise perfect noble house. Maya looked up at Sirius's determined face and then turned to stare at Bellatrix. She remembered seeing an older Bellatrix with a bound black dog hovering behind her, cackling with glee. I've just caught myself a wayward blood traitor. Sirius, back, back from the dead. Something lit inside of Maya at the memory, and she felt herself reaching for her wand. I'd love more than anything to rid our family of you for good myself, Bella snapped. Maya shoved herself in front of Sirius, eyes blazing. 
You will not touch him, she growled. Wand raised in time to meet Bellatrix's own. Sirius gasped and reached for her hand. Maya. Oh, she's got fire, Bellatrix grinned down at her. I should smack that look off of your face. Maya glared up at the witch. I've had worse. You're lucky it's considered bad taste to spill blood on the morning of a marriage, especially one so important. Bellatrix leaned in close to Maya and whispered, Maybe another day, little girl. I look forward to it, dealing with you, my little cousin here, and all of your adorable blood traitor friends. It's rumored you even have a pet werewolf too far. You will not touch my family, you bitch! Sirius put his arms around Maya's waist and tugged her back several feet, shoving himself between her and Bellatrix, his eyes wide. You dare speak to me that way! Do you have any idea who I am? Bellatrix shrieked, her hands shaking with rage, her eyes alight with fury. You filthy little blood traitor! I will enjoy watching you die screaming! She had screamed. Maya had screamed and screamed right there in Malfoy Manor, and yet she did not die. She vividly remembered the sight of a black dog launching on top of the dark wolf, jaws clamping around her throat, ripping and tearing as she struggled for air. Maya stood, unafraid as Bellatrix Lestrange looked down, threatening at her. And I will enjoy watching you die, gasping. Before Bellatrix had a chance to raise her wand again, Maya tapped the bracelet on her wrist, the same wrist Sirius was gripping, and chanted, Portis. Hoppa! End of chapter 32, end of season 2. Mic drop. What's that? Violence. Violence. Rudeness. Rude. But gripping. But. <laughs> Sorry, continue. Sorry, I'm really bad at emotion, guys. It's not my fault. It's okay. We love you anyway. You're a cancer. Not like the disease, like the Zodiac. (laughs) Not the killer. Yes. Although, I mean, maybe. Oh, muggle, please. (laughs) I wouldn't know where to cut. I would hesitate. I would be like, okay, I give up. Peace. (laughs) See, I'm the part of the bank robber group that's like, guys, do we really have to do this? And I'd be like sneaking hostages out the back. Like, just, just go. Just go. Like, I'd be the worst. The worst. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, chapter 32. What'd you think? Okay, don't do that. Um... (laughs) It's freaky. It's definitely intense. And yes. And yeah. I don't know what to say. Like, this is what I hate about myself. Like, I just don't know what I can't. It's like a face down. It's like a Maya's a badass. So, 
I think we're starting to see this split between her and Hermione a little bit more. Because my Hermione would never cuss. And she wasn't... I wouldn't say she wasn't big on confrontation because she punched the shit out of Draco as like a 14-year-old. But at the same token, like... I don't know. No, she would have willingly gone with Harry and Ron. But like... I feel like she would have played it a little safer and would have just been like, let's get out of here before anybody sees us instead of telling Bellatrix Lestrange that she was going to watch her die gasping. Because, like, that's fucking violent. Like, that is... That's not a... You don't scare me. That's straight up a threat. Yeah, see? I think that's why I have trouble reacting at the end sometimes because since I didn't read the books and I only watched the movie I don't know how Hermione is described in the books you know what I mean like I only Mm -hmm. see what Emma Watson puts into her so I have a hard time being like yeah I could see the parallels and all this foreshadowing stuff but I'm just like yeah like it's an intense chapter and that was really violent and stuff and like what do you want? Like, I just don't know. Ah! Yeah, I know. <laughs> but, um, the other thing that, like, gets me is that fucking marriage. Like, can you... Because you gotta think, this is the 70s, so in the muggle world, you know, feminism was on the rise, equality was on the rise, women's rights was on the rise, people were a little more groovy, and we were moving away from that 1950s housewife of... You marry your wife, she gives away all of her shoes, puts a cot in the fucking kitchen, and never leaves the house. And now we're looking more at women getting jobs and being professionals and going to college and being more independent. And Maya, who grew up in the 80s and 90s, is, you know, way even further into that female independence and feminism and all that kind of shit. And now she's watching somebody who literally just enslaved themselves and said that they are tying their magic to this person's life, which means they cannot get divorced ever where she loses her magic and will die. I have a question and I don't know if I'm going to say this right, but I think you'll understand where I'm going. Like, because there's a muggle world and a magic world, like, obviously the magic world they're aware of people because they mentioned um what's his face the guy that writes the poems and yeah so obviously they know who muggle people are but my question is is like like you just said it was getting off of the housewife stuff and feminism is the magic world like behind the muggle world you know what i mean like they haven't caught up yet very much so, very much so. Because we, we, we even see that, like, I mean, Hogwarts is still lit by candles. They haven't adopted, you know, electricity yet. But they're also, depending on if you're going with canon versus fan lore, some things they seem to be more progressive with, which is, like, being gay. That's not as big of a deal. So Yeah, because Dumbledore is supposedly... But I don't know that he was openly gay because then he'd have to admit to doing the do with, you know, Grindelwald, which is something of a no-go. But it's, 
in terms of being equal, I think on the muggle-born side and the half-blood side, you're going to see a lot more of that progressivism and equality. Whereas in the pure-blood side, you may as well just rewind society by like 100 years. Yeah, so that has to be like really confusing for like somebody like Hermione who doesn't have magic parents and she's just like, what in the crap? Yeah, absolutely. No, I think it's got to be super tough for somebody to go from. And, and that's why one of the things that Maya sort of complains about is, you know, the, the lack of balance between what purebloods know growing up and what muggle-borns are taught in school. There's a huge learning gap where there's all of these, like the bonds, you know, and the fact that Sirius knows that if you get married on the new moon, it means, you know, fertilizing seeds or whatever the fuck that gap in knowledge and like bond soul bonds marriage bonds all that kind of stuff that knowledge gap really puts muggleborns at a disadvantage and so that's part of why maya gets so frustrated with all of this but especially now that she's learning it is a pure blood it's kind of like in the half-blood prince when they're all having dinner with slughorn and he asks hermione if her uh, parents being a dentist is a dangerous profession because it's like, what is a dentist? Tell me what this magical thing is. <laughs> Mikey Fincher did bite my father once. Yeah, so it's kind of like you kind of see that disconnect of they don't know things. Yeah. But that does bring us to the end of our chapter, which means it is time to thank all of our Patreons. We have... Are, and again, I feel like I double up on names all the time, and I'm sure you guys don't mind, but we have seen a big jump again this month in donations, so thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody. We would like to thank our new stag, Kathy Mule, our new fox, Caitlin Cummins, our new... No. That's not a standard contribution. That doesn't fall into one of our... So I guess she's a dog. Sorry, Kathy Mule. You are one of our very loyal dogs, and we appreciate you. Uh, Caitlin Catalin, one of those Cummins. She's going to be a fox. Katie Vossen, who is going to be a stag. Claire, oh, I spelled like me. Green, who is another fox. And Kieran, who is a fox. Is there so another way to spell Claire? C-L-A-R-E, C-L-A-I-R, and then with both vowels, C-L-A-I-R-E, or I guess all three vowels. Huh. There are three ways to spell it. The French, the Irish, and the Standard. And that leads us to all of our current uh, Fox Patreon supporters. We'd like to thank Rachel, Aguila, Rebecca, Carissa, Sandra, Ryland, Chelsea, Ryder, Ashley Murray, Olivia, Ashley Thurman, Brittany, Claire, Roishan, Ashley Enstrom, Hannah, Jillian, Sarah, Elise, Martina, Therese, Amanda, Miranda, Samantha, Danielle, Sophie, Miriam, and Jackie. Whoa! Thank you for giving us your hard-earned galleons. Bye, X. And with that, we are now going to take a two-week break, which I know is going to break all of your tiny little hearts. Not tiny. You guys have big hearts. Huge hearts. Especially our Patreons. But, that being said, next week we will be revealing our Season 2 Q&A with Shia Lani. If you have 
any questions, please go ahead and post them on Facebook. Shoot them to our Gmail, firewhiskey and er, yeah, firewhiskeyandhoney at gmail.com. Is it firewhiskeyandhoney or is it firewhiskeypodcast? What is our email address? I don't know. It's just firewhiskeyandhoney, right? I think so. Ah, crap. Now I have to go check my mail. Bad patron. mail time. Jimmy did the other day. And I was like, ah, Blue's Clues. And he was like, is that what that's from? <laughs> it is firewhiskeyandhoney at gmail.com. That is no E in whiskey. So if you have any questions, shoot us an email there. You can comment on our Facebook uh, profile. You can tweet. You could tweet. You could DM us on Instagram. We recommend you smoke signals. Those are our favorite. All the things, except we Sorry. don't TikTok because we too old. I thought yes. you were going to say karaoke. Or karaoke like, pigeons. Yes. Or owls in this case. <laughs> karaoke your questions. No, carrier pigeons. <sighs> Just don't use Ron's owl because Poor he'll never owl. make it. <laughs> anyway, please send us your questions. If you don't, Kat and I will have to figure out questions to ask. And Hannah Beth and I promise not to get drunk and take over this time. The following week will be followed with a yet another blooper reel. Some... Just funny behind-the-scenes conversations that Kat and I have that don't make it into the full episode. Both of these are going to be available to our Patreon supporters. The Shyalani is going to be available for our stags and up. The blooper reel is available to all of our supporters. And we hope you guys enjoy both of those. In the meantime, we hope you have a very happy... Fire Whiskey Friday! Darn tootin'. You guys are the best, and we appreciate you. Appreciate. Ah, crap. I hit the wrong thing. (laughs) Boom. Thank you for listening to another episode of Fire, Whiskey, and Honey. A special thank you to Shyalani for allowing us to read your story. And thank you to Blue Ivy Creations for creating our logo and Hannah Beth for editing our episodes. You can find us on Instagram at FWHpod. And on Twitter at FWH Podcast. And on our website, FWHpod.com. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to support and get extra content, please support us on Patreon and review us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you to those who support us already. We wouldn't be here without you. See you next Fire Whiskey Friday.